Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is so weird. <laughs> I've never sat in this chair like this before. It's cute, but so itchy. <sighs> I'm sitting in that chair, you know, the one that you have in your living room that no one ever sits in. It's usually decorative. I bought it for $20 at a yard sale. I thought it was a great deal. It's very grandma chic. I bought this chair with the intention of using it as my reading chair, my journal chair, my manifestation chair. And uh, no one sits in it other than my cat. My name is Kristen Torres, and I am in my apartment in Los Angeles. Earlier this year, I heard about this French writer and poet. His name was Georges Perec, and he wrote a book called An Attempt at Exhausting a Place in Paris. It's a thin little book and he goes to a big public square in Paris three days in a row, like for a few hours each day. And he writes down the very like minute details of day-to-day -day life as he sees it. So it's like, what are people eating? How are they eating it? What hand is there like book in as they're reading it uh, what color is the dress of the woman waiting for the bus what are the nuns doing <laughs> I've spent most of the past two years sitting here in my apartment in this tiny one bedroom space in LA with my partner and my cat and my dog and my plants I tried Perex experiment I tried to observe things where I was. I have one, two, three. I counted my plants. Five, six, seven, 
eight, nine plants in my living room alone. I watched my cat. Wiz, can you not lick your fur right now? So much time watching my cat. Thank you. I stared out the window, looking at all the traffic. The street used to really bother me. Just how busy it is, like the constant flow of traffic. And now, like, I like to listen and think of it as, like, ocean waves. And that technically I have a beachfront property. I think what really intrigued me about George's approach is that the only rules were to just note the things that he observed. And there's no, like, high stakes. There's no pressure to, like, get it right. There's no right or wrong answer. There's just you and your observations. The more I sat around this apartment trying to do this experiment, the more I wanted to hear from other people out in spaces that they wanted to exhaust in their own ways. That's what this installment of the 11th is. Three different people, each sitting in a different place for several hours, sometimes several days. My name is Chioki Ianson. I am in the city of Richmond, Virginia, sitting at the entrance to Hollywood Cemetery. Chioki is a professor of African American Studies at Virginia Commonwealth University. I'm not quite in the cemetery. I'm not quite out in traffic. I am straight up on the corner. Chioki wanted to observe a particular cemetery in Virginia and see where his mind would wander. Hey, doggy. <laughs> the time is 10.15 a.m. The weather is quite sunny. In fact, I'm sitting in a sliver of shade provided by a telephone pole. There is some sweating in my future, and it cannot be avoided. I am going to sit in silence and try and get my thoughts straight. staring at these at these trees. I don't have a vocabulary for trees, so all I see are trees. Some trees have flowers growing, white flowers, pink flowers. One tree appears to be dead. It is totally overtaken with vines. I'm a motorcyclist, and most of the time that I come by here, in fact, all of the time that I come by here, I'm, I'm riding by. And the way that I usually encounter the world is with it 
like passing by very quickly. But here I am with my feet planted firmly uh, on these bricks and I see the cracks in them. I see that they are in fact all different colors. There are patches of grass uh, growing in between them. Some of this grassy stuff is very brightly green. Some of it is a brownish uh, color. I look out a little bit further into the street and I see glass and what appears to be the leavings of the shells of a crab because somebody was maybe eating crabs out here. And here are some birds. Once again, I don't have a vocabulary for birds. And so uh, I just see some birdies flying around. I don't think I'm comfortable with stillness. Whenever I sit still, I just feel like there's work that I'm not doing. In this moment, sitting here, I do encounter myself as trying to fight the noise so I can sit in the quiet. which is kind of messed up because I've only been here for 30 minutes. Hollywood Cemetery. It was opened in 1849. It's pretty big, first off. It's a, pre it's a pretty huge cemetery. There are two former presidents buried here. There are an assortment of uh, Confederate generals buried here. Uh, Jeb Stewart is buried here. There are 18,000 or so enlisted Confederates buried here. It's a weird scene. Because on the one hand, the statues have mostly been removed uh, throughout the city. We're still waiting on a uh, word about Robert E. Lee. But every headstone is a monument. No? To say nothing of the pyramid, yes, there is an actual pyramid in the cemetery also built to honor the Confederate dead. Evergreen uh, Cemetery, which I think opened in 1891, was the African-American Cemetery. And at some point it was bought by an association that went bankrupt and so, you know, it didn't work out for it. Nice to meet you, Amy. So, Hollywood Cemetery is a lovely place to go for a walk with your water bottle with the stickers on it and evergreen uh, cemetery is accepting volunteers to clear the overgrowth and restore it to being a dignified place where the dead rest all right i'm going to set down the microphone and I am going to eat some snacks.
oh my god, there's the tiniest little ladybug. Oh, it looks so weird. It's so small. It's right here by my foot. I hear a motorcycle. Oh, what is that? Is that a Suzuki Bandit? Yes, it is. A Suzuki Bandit 1200 GS. It looks to be in uh, rough shape. The chain is a bit rusty, and I saw the kickstand jiggle. It was that super dark green color. Um, I would put this thing into maybe like later 90s, I guess. I'm almost two hours in. The sun is higher in the sky. Yeah, I, I imagine if I could check a the thermometer, it would say something like 90-ish degrees. I've lost one bar on the battery. If we turn our gaze to the area just outside the, the cemetery, um, there's this huge, like, two or even three-story, like, large structure appeared to be made mostly out of tin and it is, uh, it's pretty fucking janky, you guys. All right, so let's let's think about uh, the the nature of, of these judgments. So, it's very difficult, I think, for most people uh, to describe a thing without also making certain kinds of normative value judgments. So, most of the time, we say things like "looks janky," "looks." pretty suspect, looks sketchy, uh, it looks abandoned, and, and, and that whole jam. And so these things are, are already judgments that we are kind of implanting into the world as though they are bare descriptions. And the worst part is that it's mostly invisible uh, to us and those around us, but of course it, it comes into play whenever we take these uh, assumptions unquestioned into our interactions with other people. Anyway, the tin barn looks fucking janky. <laughs> I think I'm gonna move to the shade cause it's, uh, it's burning up, baby. Okay, a car that is a car that is very broken uh, just drove by. I've never actually seen this in my life, so the the fundamental alignment of the car is off. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fundamental alignment of the car is off so that the car it might be driving straight, but it's actually uh, yawed to the left because the the rear axle is twisted in, in some way. And that in order for this person to drive straight, they actually have to be in a constant right turn. This car will never pass inspection. What is going on?
I can still hear. I can still. It's like the car is way out of my vision now. It's it's on the, another road. I can still hear it squealing and squeaking down the road. See you sitting down in this hot ass sun. You want some nice cold water? Oh man, hell yeah, I dude. I got two for you. Oh man, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. Like, like I didn't see you drinking water. I was like, there's no way this dude like can just not have water at all and still survive. Like, dude, I I'm up on the porch. Like, if you see me up there and you need more, just like wave to me. Like, my roommate's got like a bunch of bottles stashed in the fridge that are like just as cold and nice as those. So yeah. yeah. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, yeah, man. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah, like for real, just wave if you want some more water. Like, Thank we got you. plenty. I think it's almost time for old man Chokey to head on out. It's crazy, like I've, I've straight up been sitting here, like fully zoned out. Like I might as well be the grass sprouting up from the cobblestones. This has been a strange experience that I think I'd like to repeat. So I moved to this apartment building in December 2019. We moved here not thinking we would be spending so much time in this space and you know as things have it we did and we have and we do and um I look around and I have hardwood floors and I see this like big arch <laughs> of like a scrape on the hardwood floor because I dragged a giant jug of water like those big like office jugs of water across the hardwood floor because I have no upper body strength and I could not pick it up. And now every time I look at it, I'm like, well, that was a mistake. There have been many days where this apartment feels really confining. But I will say, I feel proud of this space. Growing up, we my family and I, we lived in one bedroom apartment and I never had my own room and we didn't really have money to buy furniture or decorate things in the way that we wanted to. Now as an adult, I get to do those things. The thing about exhausting my place is that I've spent so much time here. What I'm doing is kind of opposite of Parekh, really. 
he was in a place with strangers and spontaneity. I don't know. I guess, like, what's kind of sad to me and so beautiful about Perek's writing is that he sets out to document things we don't pay much attention to. And what he documented was people. I asked someone else to do the same. She's sort of a professional people watcher. My name is Emily Spivak, and I am in New York City, in Manhattan. Emily is an artist and a writer, and she once spent three months documenting the outfits people wore to the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. She still lives in New York, and she decided to observe from a cafe there. I am sitting outside at a cafe called Breads. It is 9.59 a.m., and it's pretty rainy today. I'm wearing a raincoat. Everyone's carrying umbrellas. And I guess I'm just going to start, start doing this. person wearing a Green Day t-shirt just walked into the cafe. Guy walked by with a vape pen. Person with a crop top and ripped jeans just walked by. There's a very strange smell that's coming from somewhere. Person walked by with a pink umbrella, fanny pack around their shoulder, wearing headphones. Two people talking to each other about their order. A little bit of an edge in their voice, maybe. A guy just walked by the cafe, walked in, to pull on the door handle a few times to open the door. I'm sitting at a table with three white chairs, pretty beat up white table. There's construction happening somewhere. There's a person across from me who is drinking something that is pinkish red and eating something that is orange, both in cups. Guy walked by with a dog who's wearing a yellow raincoat. The dog is wearing the raincoat, not the guy. The guy has no rain gear whatsoever, but the dog does. Person wearing a handbag with pictures of the Obamas just sat down. The bag is propped up. Feels like Obama is staring at me. The person who was drinking the pink drink and eating the orange food is sitting next to the person with the Obama bag. They're now talking to each other. They don't know each other, I don't think. But maybe I'm wrong. The person behind me is texting. I didn't mean to read the text, but I saw it, and it said, many blessings. The person with the Obama bag is looking down at the New York Times like they really, really want to be reading the New York Times. Like they are truly done talking to the other person. definitely getting more crowded. It's, I guess it's lunchtime now. Been here for two hours. Delivery person just 
rolled up on a bike. Person just walked out of the cafe with beautiful, bright blue boots. Person with the sandwich just sneezed. Just sneezed again. I'm a little concerned that people can hear me describing them in real time. Person just walked by carrying what appears to be two hard-boiled eggs. Little kid just walked by with their caregiver wearing a baseball cap that said tiny and stared at me. Car honking. Person walked by wearing a black and white head covering, black and white shirt, black cardigan, black pants, black and brown galoshes, black rolly suitcase, black umbrella. Delivery person is walking by with, uh, with probably about seven boxes on a cart. People keep having trouble opening this door. The sun is coming out. The two strangers just looked up at the sky, said something to each other. I don't know where that music is coming from. And uh, I, I know this song. I don't remember who sings this. Okay, I just had to look it up. The, it's Arthur's theme by Christopher Cross. It's kind of perfect when you get caught between the moon and New York City. I know it's crazy, but it's true. If you get caught between the moon and New York City, the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do is fall in love. Arthur, he does as he pleases. All of his life, he's mastered choice. Deep in his heart, he's just, he's just a boy. I don't think I've ever uh, thought about the lyrics to this. It just is like a song. Two people behind me, one person just arrived. They embraced for a considerably long time. I saw one of them just wipe their eyes. Person wearing high heels just uh, left the cafe, sat down, was unwrapping their sandwich. Although most of it is still in plastic wrap, so it almost looks like she's eating the plastic wrap. The person with the Obama bag is gathering up all of their things. Putting their umbrella in their tote bag. Not their Obama bag, but a different tote bag. Saying goodbye to the person they were talking to. I heard the other person say, have a safe trip. The person with the Obama handbag is walking away. Left. They left the New York Times on the table. It smells like bacon or ham right now. Someone's walking by with a black umbrella with red trim. Here are my rapid fire observations of my space. Perex style. Cat making biscuits in her bed. Chandelier with two missing light bulbs, silver disco ball, pink planter, headphones hanging from a hook, knockoff Peloton bike with cobwebs. <sighs> okay, I need to get some water. Uh, hopefully the cat will not steal my chair. Um, I'll be right back.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. In the book, An Attempt at Exhausting a Place in Paris, Perec spends his last day mainly just observing the church across the street from him and the plaza in front of it the fountain, the pigeons flying off at the same time, the buses, the tourists. And I remember reading this section and thinking about my grandparents and where they're from. I have a picture of them on my mantle, of Mama and Papa. I never got to meet Mama. The way my mom describes Mama is that she was a very tough woman, but had the best sense of humor. And I see that so much in my mom. And Papa, he, he was such a gentle goofball. What I love about that picture is like, Mama's looking at Papa and smiling with her eyes closed. It makes me wonder like, what joke did he tell her? <laughs> How did he get her to smile that way? Mama and Papa are from this small town in Mexico called Purandiro. Puran, Purandiro. <laughs> it's, it's funny how my tongue works so hard to say that Purandiro. I um I don't speak Spanish, but I understand it, and it's it's unfortunately one of the results of assimilation. My mom, she was born in Purandiro, and she was a kid when she left with Mama and Papa, and they never went back. Reading the book, especially this section, I just had this feeling like I really wanted to call my mom and ask her about it. Hello. Hey, Mama. What you doing? <laughs> nothing. What are you up to? What's going oh, on? Oh, goodness. So nothing, nothing. I'm just happy to hear your voice. It's Friday. You never call me on a Friday. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't call me out. <laughs> Nothing's up, lady. I'm just uh, recording something for a show, and you're making a guest appearance right now. <laughs> Well, wait a minute, let me put on my sparkles. <laughs> do you... 
we don't have to get into it. But I just no 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 no. Go ahead. Do you do you remember like any sounds from Burandido? Mm, the roosters, um, the chickens, the the church bells. Always heard the church bells. And my grandfather had a farm, so yeah, farm animal sounds. I've never been to Porandiro, but I've always dreamt of taking my mom back to visit one day. So, for our last stop of the day, I asked a photographer who lives there, whose work I really admire, Eric Ibarra, to observe it for me. For us. So at the very least, we could hear it. This is Eric Ibarra. The time is 1.06 p.m. I'm here at the Plaza in Purandiro, Michoacan, in Mexico. It's um, nice and sunny, it's 73 degrees, um, and I'm going to exhaust this place. I'm sitting in the center part of the kiosco right now, and there's a man uh, playing music on a speaker, and he's singing along. He's wearing khaki pants with a white long sleeve shirt and a sombrero. Um, and he has a small microphone and he's singing along to the music and people are donating, donating funds for his talents. So we're gonna listen along for a little bit. No, ahorita no, gracias. Nice, everyone's just kind of walking by and saying hello to each other. And it's very crowded, but it also has like a sense of like calmness to it in a different way. The, all of the, uh, the places that shine shoes are all filled up, so people are getting their boots shined. Um, there's an older couple walking towards me. They have a grocery bag with feet um, through, so I could see they have like a, a bag of sour cream and a big thing of cheese that they bought from the Comercial. I see a lady selling bracelets, another man selling inflatable toys. There's a man selling bread in a basket that's up on his head. He's keeping his balance. Jobs are hard to come across, like everywhere, I think people find ways of making things happen. There's a younger guy walking around with an Angels, a Blue Angels baseball cap. And he's selling jewelry, looks like necklaces, and he's walking up to, to people, extending out his hand with one sample of what he sells. So far he's gotten three no's, four no's, five no's. Seems tough. I think that's one of the things I've noticed. Is, uh, Ahorita no, señora, gracias. ¿Qué precio tienen estas aquí? A diez. Diez. Bueno. Me da las semillas. There's this woman just approaching with a basket full of candies. 
lollipops, bags of seeds, like pumpkin seeds. <laughs> it's interesting also how people use whistling as a, a way to communicate with one another. Like the guy that was just walking by was trying to catch someone's attention, so he was whistling like in a very specific way, so his friend eventually turned around and saw him. It's almost like it was like his friend knew the pitch or the tone or the way he was whistling to that he was calling his name. No, no, es peluche es como para para grabar. ¿Y ahorita estás grabando? Estoy grabando algo para un trabajo. ¿Y qué estás grabando? Me toca sentarme aquí en la plaza por una hora y observar todo lo que está pasando. Entonces, como this little kid wearing a lime green shirt and uh, green sweatpants, riding like a little red bike. He's probably like, I don't know, six years old, seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> he rode his bike by and he stopped and he noticed the microphone on my phone and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm recording for a, a work project. And uh, he asked me how long I'd been here. I said, how long have you been here? He said, I just got here. I, I come every day and I go and I play at the, the claw machine because next to the uh, farmacia, like one of the pharmacies, there's a little claw machine. And I said, did you play today? He said, no, I don't have any money. And I dug in my backpack and I happened to have two, two pesos. So I gave them to him and he just went to play, but doesn't look like he won anything. He's walking away empty handed. <laughs> He just saw me and shook his head no. He didn't win anything. To the left of me there's a, an older man who keeps nodding off. He's sitting by himself. He's wearing a, a black, like puffy jacket. Looks like a really warm jacket. Um, he's like my, a little older than my dad. Maybe he's like in his late 70s. And he's wearing a bright red baseball cap. He's just kind of looking around, you can kind of see him just nodding off. Uh, and then he'll just wake up and look around. There's a couple to my left. It's a man, probably like in his 40s. He's wearing a, a light blue polo shirt with a black handkerchief around his neck. And a, uh, like a traditional sombrero cap. And his, his wife or his partner, she's wearing jeans and white sneakers. They each have a white styrofoam cup has a pink spoon and uh, they're just sitting next to each other eating ice cream looking around this specific location used to be like the evening social gathering space for for young people on Sundays the guys would walk like counterclockwise around the plaza and the wind would walk clockwise around the plaza they just kind of cruise and walk around with their friends and they saw someone that they wanted to chat with or someone that they knew they would they would stop them and, and talk to them ice cream couples getting up and and heading out they finish their ice creams and put their face masks on and they're they're walking off oh she just grabbed his hand <laughs> that's sweet Mom, let me ask you something. When you lived there, was there a plaza? 
Yeah, there was. It was right by the church. There was always uh, somebody singing either in the middle of the plaza or just walking by singing, whistling. Do you remember what it looked like? It had trees and flowers and um, it had some street vendors like selling food or candy. My dad's dad used to sell pumpkin seeds there and, and roasted pumpkin. Mm. Um, Do you remember anything else about the plaza? Like, did you guys spend time there? Just remember the people walking around it because the, the single girls walked one way around the plaza and the single guys walked counterclockwise the opposite way but then there was always couples in the middle in the middle of the plaza is that how mama and papa met no i don't know how they met (laughs) i don't know how they met the stories that i heard it was love at first sight oh that's really sweet So it's 7.50, a lot of the businesses are starting to close up. Most of the people are walking through the plaza as opposed to sitting down and hanging out. I'm just thinking too, like how much I really like living here in Purwandiro. It's it's dark now, Um, the plaza lights turned on. Yeah, that's all for the night. I just wanted to to say how much I love you and I'm thinking about you. <laughs> Same here, lady. Everything copacetic with you? Yeah, everything's good. I love you so much, Mom. <laughs> okay. I love you more, lady. I wish you could see you the way I see you. You're spreading your wings and you're flying, lady. Oh, <laughs> Oh, goodness, Mom, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I forget you're such a chiona. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love you, Mom. Okay, I love you, too. Okay, mm-hmm. bye. There's something about looking at my living room a little more closely, pausing and seeing all the details that gives it color again. The speckles of glitter stuck on the ceiling from the previous tenant. The vine that's kind of growing up into my window like nature is coming in. I like that. I should get some fresh air.
right, it is um, 6.45 in the morning. I am at the uh, intersection in Paris where Georges Perec first observed the place. This episode was produced by Natalie Brennan, Janelle Pfeiffer, and Kristen Torres. Production support from me, Eric Mennel. Editing by Janelle Pfeiffer. Editing help from Leela Day, Joel Lovell, and Chloe Persinos. Silver hatchback, white hatchback. He's taking a break from his cab. Looks like he's having a cigarette. Special thanks to our observers, Chioki Ianson, Emily Spivak, and Eric Ibarra. And to Aisa Torres. Thanks for putting on your sparkles. One, two, three, four, five pigeons. Two scooters going by. There's no way they knew each other, but they looked like twins. Special thanks to Isha, Sabatini Sloan, and Coffeehouse Press. A quick update here. In this piece from Richmond, Chioki Ianson mentioned that they were waiting for news about the future of the Robert E. Lee statue there. Chioki was recording that in August. In September, the statue was removed. The book, An Attempt at Exhausting a Place in Paris, was written by Georges Perec, translated into English by Mark Lowenthal, and published by Wakefield Press. Handsome man in a brown jacket, blue jeans and white shoes, with a woman in a black leather jacket and green khaki pants. She's got her hands in her pocket. She likes him a lot. Original music by S. Carey, Greenhouse, and Blue Dot Sessions. Our head of sound and engineering is Raj Makija. Sound design and engineering by Davy Sumner. Special thanks to Hannes Brown. Episode art by Jonathan Conda. Everyone in Paris is so cool. Visuals and marketing by Grace Chen, Moira Curran, Hadim Dang, Kurt Courtney, Josephina Francis, and Meredith Rice. Shit, here's a woman in red, all red. Yeah, it's like a red pantsuit with a red like puffer jacket. There's no way she can hear me. She's definitely got headphones in. Fact-checking by Francis Carr Jr. Legal services for Pineapple Street by Bianca Grimshaw at Granderson Day Rocher, Katie Ali Mohammadi and Lauren Cody at Donaldson Caliph Perez, and Crystal Tupcha at Odyssey. You can see the moon above. Nearly full. The executive producers at Pineapple Street are Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Thanks for listening to The 11th. We'll be back next month with something entirely new and entirely different. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University of Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.